welcome to our spooky episode. <laughs> um, hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell. And today we are talking about two critically panned Halloween movies for kids, The Haunted Mansion and Hocus Pocus. But first, let's catch up. Kenz, what are you into? Give me the lowdown. <clears throat> Give me the 411. So, I'll say, I'll just say it. I watched the movie Cuties on Netflix, and guess what? I really liked it. Boom. It's Wow, controversial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a French movie directed by um, Maimuna Ducure, and it is getting a lot of... It's very, like, controversial because... The way Netflix marketed it was very like, these 11-year-old girls are sexy, but it's about how sexualizing girls is bad. (laughs) And I think that the movie does a really good job of making that clear. Mm -hmm. Like, it's about a French girl, well, she just immigrated from Senegal, but um, it's set in France, and her name is Amy, or Ami, and she is trying to make new friends and she makes friends with this girl in her apartment complex and they have like a dance team and so she wants to join the dance team and she doesn't really know about dancing and she like steals an iPhone to learn about it and she is just like looking at all these videos online that are like sexy Mm. dancing because that's like you know what is out there Mm-hmm. And she, like, sort of introduces that to the group. And they're like, oh, wow, this is going to make us, like, win the competition. But so there's there are, like, shots of them dancing and stuff. But there are also shots of them, like, like gorging themselves on gummy worms. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, being kids. Like, at no point mm-hmm. was I like, this is sexy. It, I was like. This is their children. They're like kids, and yeah. the it sort of like when they are like dancing sexily or suggestively. I feel like the camera shows the audience, and the audience is like, "What the fuck? This is not okay." Um. So I thought it, and at the end, basically to spoil it, I guess, um, she. Basically, she's on stage during the competition, and uh, they're having this, like, sexy dance, but she just starts crying in the middle of it, and then runs home to her mom, and there is, like, a nice moment between her and her mom that I haven't, like, unpacked yet, but I'm sure there's, like, a lot there. (laughs) Mm. And then she basically makes new friends, and she's just, like, jump roping with them. Oh. Anyway. Age appropriate. Yeah. It's a great movie. And it's also, like, all that shit that they're, like, doing, like, they, like, go buy thongs. I'm like, oh, I remember buying my first thong when I was, like, way too little to have a thong, you know? Or, like, (sighs) or, like, 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 you know, like, singing Black Eyed Peas My Humps (laughs) when I was, like, you know, 10 or something. I don't know. But, like... It's, like, what actually happens. So if someone's going to make yeah. a movie about it and ha- about how bad it is, like, yeah. by all means. Like, <laughs> sexualizing children as adults 
when you are an adult is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like obviously mm-hmm. everyone I think can get behind that. But then there's like also like this weird complex thorny reality that like a 12 year old and a 13 year old is starting to think about sex, yeah. you know, and is sexual, like not sexualizing themselves, but like becoming a sexual being, yeah. you know? Um, and like and I, striving like, to grow up too fast because yeah. of like every out, you know, outside cultural stimulus, yes. you know, available yeah. to them. Yeah. It's, it's tr- tricky because you're like, on one hand, I'm like, I don't want like a 12 year old actress to also be like aged up for a movie, right. you know, like, yeah, and, yeah, like yeah. but I also think people are being insane about that. Yeah. Cuties and the controversy around it is insane. Yeah, for sure. You I know? think, and I think like it does a good job of it. Like she does, like there is like, you know, a makeover moment where she, mm-hmm does look way older than she is but then like i said at the end she's like in her back in her like normal clothes Mm -hmm. um and she just looks her age and she's having fun jumping rope so yeah and she's happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so important the second thing i'm into is one piece which i feel like i may have endorsed on the show already it's the longest anime like ever i think and so it would make sense underlining it yeah it would make sense if i did it twice um i uh just started i just picked it up again because i had gotten stuck at like episode i got stuck at the skypea arc which for anyone who has watched it knows that it's super early on but now i'm at the end of water seven but it's an anime about <laughs> pirates, and the main character is a pirate named Luffy, and he really he wants to be a pirate so he can protect his friends. And oh, the purest reason to be a pirate, yeah, literally love it. Like he wants to have adventures <laughs> too, but the main reason Second. is to protect his friends. Yeah, and like build a good group of friends too. Honorable. So love that. Love stories about friendship. So, uh, very good. And then the third thing is the Instagram still here, still life. It is a Instagram that posts pictures of like a still life setup and then re like people like make artists make make art from the picture and then they post it and it's just all the art is like super beautiful and the still lifes are very cool too and i don't know anything about art history or art yes you do (laughs) no i don't (laughs) she does but i have been like liking still lifes recently i guess i don't know it's a classic yeah them objects can't move (laughs) still life (laughs) sorry that was so embarrassing Um, what are you into? I am reading a book that I have been on the waiting list on the Libby app. Anyone who else uses the Libby app, let me know. We need to start a support community uh, <laughs> for people who are whose lives have been affected by this app. My theory, very quickly, is that anything tech that its audience is like about books, like Goodread as a website and Libby mm-hmm. as the app, like people in Silicon Valley like don't give a shit about books, so the apps are bad. Like the website is bad and the app is bad. Anyway, I finally got this book on Libby, um, the library app. Love libraries. Hate the app. <laughs> Let me stress. But it's called We Ride Upon Sticks by Quan Berry. Um, I think I saw it blurbed somewhere many months ago. And I was really intrigued by the premise, which is that um, it's about a 
a field hockey team in 1989 who basically get into witchcraft in order to start winning their their games and i was like this is immediately it has me interested but um i have no idea what this book would actually be like an execution and i started it and i'm really happy to say that it is like so well done so well written um it reminds me both of like buffy the vampire slayer and kind of how it's like it's archness arcness and um like pop culture references very heavy it's like a really dense thick book um, the writing is really good and it's written in a collective we, which, um, kind of like comes to play in the plot, uh, as one by one, all of these different team members kind of like sign their name in the devil's book, which in this case is a notebook with Emilio Estevez <laughs> on the cover because it's the eighties. Uh, they kind of like develop a hive mind. So the book mm-hmm. is narrated uh, in a collective we, um, it's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to finish it um i'm also into a new comic uh on image comics uh by emma cooper and rusty glad who i uh i guess have grown up with rusty uh <laughs> he's a hometown friend and emma is his wonderful partner they have made a comic together it's so amazing image comics too is like my one of my favorite like imprints i guess is what you would call it uh so it's so cool to see someone i know who's accomplished that and the comic is about this young um i guess she's like a a wizard um who summons a little magical cat that's basically like a void and can kind of like hopscotch around to different realms um i've only read the first installment i have the second one waiting for me to read I uh, really recommend it. Really, really cute. Uh, and the art is really great by um, by Rusty. And, I'm sorry. The art is by Emma and the writing is by Rusty. <laughs> but so cool. Uh, check it out. And they have a great Instagram, too, to follow. Uh, I think at Inkblot. Don't know. Uh, and then the last thing I'm into, I'm talking so much. I'm like getting nervous to talk <laughs> this much. Uh, is this movie that I watched like five months ago at this point, but it's, you know, it's October. It's spooky season. I'm here to wreck a spooky movie. It's called The Vast of Night. My plug for it will be, it's like if David Fincher did a alien movie, like an, I guess he technically did an alien movie. <laughs> he did Aliens 3. <laughs> if he did, if he did like a alien movie by way of Zodiac okay. uh, instead, it's about like the sleepy Southwestern town um in the 1950s and you should watch it kenzie you'd really like it it's this about this like uh these two teens that work at the radio they work at the radio (laughs) (laughs) and they uh the whole town is at a basketball game and they're the only two people not at the basketball game when they realize that like aliens are visiting the town um and Mm -hmm. it's actually has like one of the scariest scenes i've seen in the movie in a while just because it like so um masterfully kind of like creates a tension uh, in a really interesting way without being like boo scary um yeah <laughs> we should do we should do that and pony pool Ooh, what's pony pool you haven't seen pony uh pony pool i thought we've talked about it before um it's about like zombies but it's all in a radio station and like ooh, yeah and we're podcasters yeah right the connection is there the connection <laughs> is there <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. I'm on the same page as you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so this is our Halloween nostalgia episode. Let's preface yeah. it with that. Yeah, and it's going to like get – it's a fun episode, you know? Look, don't, I mean, we're not here to be serious. We're here to talk about – Except for Eddie we Murphy. talk about racism, which we will do. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And you know what? Definitely not something I picked up on watching The Haunted Mansion as a 10-year-old. Same, probably. Yeah, probably did not. I did pick yeah. up on him saying ass, though. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> I think I did, too. It's one of those things where you're like, you read it and you're like, the memory is like superimposed. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, oh, Eddie Murphy says big-ass termites. Yeah. I should have looked up the like DVD like special. What is, what, are, what were those called? Where it was like behind the extras? scenes extras? Yeah, because I think I watched all of them. So I think oh, I God. have memories like mixed up with like the extras and like what actually happened in the movie. Oh my gosh, I miss extras culture. Same, you know, those are so good. Oh I'm gosh, sure I we could it... look like on yeah. YouTube, but it's yeah, just yeah, all on YouTube. I remember the Elf DVD, the movie with Will Ferrell, which maybe also came out in 2003, uh, <laughs> had like a game you could play in the extras oh with gosh. your remote. That sounds not fun, but <laughs> I definitely maybe. played it with all of my cousins at Thanksgiving. That's very cute. <laughs> we all got a turn. Aww. All right. Well, this is The Haunted Mansion from 2003. Sarah Evers just wanted a peaceful getaway to make her husband and business partner, Jim Evers, appreciate family time more. On the way to a weekend vacation, the Evers make a pit stop to investigate a potential real estate grab, a huge and gloomy mansion in the middle of a swamp. Bad weather ends up stranding the Evers with the occupants of the mansion, the mysterious owner, Edward Gracie, his grumpy butler, and scores and scores of ghosts. Gracie is a ghost himself and convinced that Sarah Evers, real estate agent and mild-mannered mother of two, is actually his long-dead lover. Jim and his kids must face off against zombies, demons, and very subtle forms of racism in order to save Sarah from death by marriage. <laughs> I was, you know, struggling to wrap that one up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they want to kill, he wants to kill Sarah so that Sarah can be a ghost with him as Elizabeth, his former lover. Yeah. It's strange. It's not a complicated plot. Well, it, it Roger Ebert in his review does point out if Elizabeth's already dead, oh yeah, why can't he just why? be with her ghost? Why can't yeah, the two ghosts? That's a spoiler, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elizabeth the ghost. Elizabeth, okay. His lover, Elizabeth, who he thought committed suicide on their wedding night, mm -hmm. actually was poisoned. And she has also just been haunting the mansion, but as a like an orb. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. At the she, very end, she... I like zoned out. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's, you know, it's a very complicated plot. But like, what? why was she avoiding him in this house for so long? Yeah. They could have just been together. Even as yeah, an orb. Good, like, if he's that kind of like committed, I feel like he would love her as an yeah. orb. Maybe it was like repressed trauma or maybe like apart. part of her was reincarnated as sarah and she needed like to oh, meet sarah as like to be unlocked yeah we're thinking more about this movie than the screenwriters did yeah, right now <laughs> and we're only using half of our brains <laughs> um so what is your background with this movie did you watch it when you were a oh kid? hell yeah i remember watching it i remember <laughs> loving it that's why we chose to watch it now because you and i both had such positive memories of watching the haunted mansion we were 10 and 11 in 1993 um 
And I think this definitely played on Disney Channel, um, which is maybe like where I saw it too, because I I was into Disney Channel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as a a young tween. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was Eddie Murphy's like time. He was mm-hmm. in a lot of big blockbusters. He was a big comedy star. And, you know, my boyfriend is a big fan of Daddy Daycare. Same. Oh, that's good to know. He's He said while we were watching Haunted Mansion, he was like, this is no Daddy Daycare, a comedy predicated on how hilarious it is to watch men actually take care of children. Um, but this is no Daddy Daycare indeed. Uh, I feel like to get into the broad strokes of it, Eddie Murphy is so funny normally but he is just like dwarfed by cgi here and it's such a fam trying to be a family friendly movie that i think a lot of what makes him funny is kind of like being like a loose cannon sometimes and Mm -hmm. he can't really do that here he's very like confined to probably a budget that was like stand in this mark so we can have a cgi ghost fly at you yeah you know i mean i because i i think I really liked the beginning of the movie where they're like mm. establishing the family and yeah. it they're they're not at the haunted mansion yet. Um because I I do think Eddie Murphy's really funny and he does he, I love like in the beginning he's like interacting with these families mm. or these couples that he's selling houses to and it's yeah, really like funny. That. But yeah. then he gets to the house and it's it sort of they're trying to like cram all these references to the ride in and it's not needed and it's mm. distracting and you're right. It doesn't give any more room to shine. That is so true. They, I mean, it's, I have never been to Disney world or Disneyland and I have never been on the haunted mansion ride, obviously. So reading about all the references, I was like, wow, it seemed like they, they were, were just like trying to fit an assortment of things in yeah. that not didn't like really meaningfully impact the plot or even like kind of give you a sense of the house. Cause everything is so random and um i guess that kind of brings us to a good point to talk about like the weird a historicalness of the movie um which isn't something i really thought about or picked up on much until we started reading more about the movie so the first thing i wanted to point out was uh this writer whose blog we found david hancock turner his blog is called guava puree um he writes, he kind of points out that Master Edward Gracie, the owner of the mansion, speaks with a British accent. Uh, and this is a quote from him. He said, I can only understand in that Disney wa- wished to push this narrative away from a specifically American racism. Were he to speak in a dignified Southern drawl, the movie would immediately move into another register. Hackles would be raised and the escapism in the movie and Disney the, the escapism the movie and Disney promises would be ruined by cultural commentary. And this is because the Evers family is black and the setup being that Edward Gracie wanted to be with this woman named Elizabeth. Um, so it's never like explicitly stated that the reason why they can't be together is because she is of mixed race, but it's like pretty obvious to any like adult audience. Like that would be why it was. And it's such a good point that uh, David Hancock Turner makes that like, yeah. he has a British accent. He's in a Southern plantation. Like they're in new Orleans, you know, it's, um, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of references there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's like, it's like none of the, no one has a Southern accent, which is weird, but I guess the actual ride is supposed to be set in new Orleans. Mm-hmm. I've also never been on the ride. I have been to Disney, but I've never been on that mm-hmm. ride. And, um, but the only 
reference I feel like to like space or like location is like the trees. Like mm-hmm. it is very like they have like the moss dripping yeah. off of them. Um, but that's pretty much it. Otherwise, I think because of the lack of like just like any identifiable marks it's like very strange yeah and sarah in like one of one of the only like lines the wife gets she's like she's supposed to be a real estate agent so she's like observing things about the house and she's like a renaissance influence mixed with blah 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 and i was like yeah it's just like random shit mixed together and it's like uh the ghosts like conceivably since it's a plant the ghosts would all be like mm-hmm. slaves which adds all yeah. these like weird wrinkles to a movie that obviously does not want to deal with them and just wants to be like good family fun and something mm-hmm. else that david hancock turner points out too is kind of like this movie is you un- like unique or a standout because it is about like a black family in peril in a horror movie that like is both about them being black and not about them being black you know because it's like not like a focal point of the it's not explicit like we were saying and he writes that there's no white savior here who is poised to help this family and congratulate the white audience who love to be indulged with racial racial condescension um instead the haunted mansion the eversby family become the black saviors for a historical trauma that has festered for more than a century um correctly and for once it is the white characters who are pathologized and in need of cathartic release which is interesting and again like probably more interesting than Mm -hmm. the people who made this movie like knew or wanted to deal with yeah that it was like a big deal that it's a black family in roger ebert's review he says uh presume um blah, blah, blah. he's talking about like the relationship and he is like presumably that would be like a threat to the butler ramsley mm-hmm. is the butler butler's mm-hmm. name very appropriately um he is threatened about the interracial relationship Mm -hmm. that his master would have i guess um and roger ebert says presumably that would be because an interracial romance was dangerous in old new orleans but the movie never says so and indeed never refers to the races of any of its characters that is either a refreshing and admirable or b puzzling since the whole plot is motivated motivated by race and i like i think that kind of sums up my feelings Mm -hmm. about it too it's like it's nice that like there is a black family that is like the lead of this movie and they're just having like a like an adventure <laughs> a haunted adventure yeah. yes and that's nice but it is like they don't i don't like i don't know it is the whole plot is motivated i like especially watching this as an adult so like ramsey the butler is so rude to eddie murphy yeah. and like it's like it's racism how he's rude you know he's like calling him like loud and an idiot yeah and you're like waiting for that to become like explicit and you're waiting also for ramsey to become explicit about like why his master could not have married uh sarah and you know this is so weird i was reading a review i don't think i ended up uh exerting it in our notes but this person oh it's the review where someone was like the reasons this movie is actually good uh why the live action haunted mansion film isn't as bad as you remember by jessica hogan jessica hogan kept um (laughs) she kept referring to sarah as the servant girl and they couldn't be together because she was a servant and i was like oh that's not that's like not (laughs) the word that you're looking for or like the reason or like you're kind of skating around it and this person also wrote 
Murray's distinctive voice can't be tamed, and that's part of why we love him. But if you close your eyes, you could easily pretend Donkey from Shrek or Mushu from Mulan was being chased by ghosts. Instead of bringing his star power to the film, viewers saw and heard Murphy first. With the mo- with the film playing a very quiet second fiddle, I think it's the opposite. I think the movie is the I first agree. fiddle, and Eddie Murphy is the second fi- fiddle, and that's why this it like is not as good as I remembered it. <laughs> yeah, I agree too. I mean, I do like. I thought the house is very cool. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I liked it so much as a kid. Like, I think I probably liked the, like, adventure Mm -hmm. of it, I guess. But I do also remember as a kid being like, there's something (laughs) not quite right about the movie. Yeah. But couldn't, like, be like, oh, it's because Mm -hmm. it was not the greatest writing yeah. or whatever. And it's not just Eddie Murphy's character who isn't served by the writing or the dialogue. No one is served oh, yeah. by the writing or dialogue. The mom is like the briefest sketch of a character. The mm-hmm. children. Like, and the actor does She's a good, good yeah. job. Marsha Thomason. She does a Jersey accent. And I, Commend before her. they even explicitly said she was from New Jersey, I was like, she's from New Jersey. And I Googled it because I was like, that's a really good Jersey accent. I wonder if she was supposed to be doing it. And she's actually from England. Oh, my God. Doing a New Jersey accent. I was like, good for that, her. She sadly did is one of the only lines that got a laugh from me is Eddie Murphy is trying to explain why his wife is not the reincarnated lover. And he's like, she can't be Elizabeth. She's from New Jersey. And I laughed out loud when he said that. <laughs> I think I laughed... Like in the beginning, yeah. Like when I said he was talking to the family, but then probably not again. Yeah, and um, the kids are kind of also like very thinly sketched. It's kind of a very familiar dynamic or like tropes, which is like the older sister is the smart one and bossy, and then the <laughs> the younger brother is has like to me the only character development kind of like set up in the movie which mm-hmm. is that they show that he's frightened of spiders at one point and then he there's like check off spiders uh halfway <laughs> through the movie um and i feel for marcia thompson because like or marcia thompson her plot for this movie is like eddie murphy and her kids like go on like a journey or like an adventure and she is literally like walking slowly through the house with this guy and he's telling her this like crazy ass weird story he's like i had a lover and she died she killed herself and at the very end of his long monologue that's been like interspersed throughout the movie where he's explaining things to her she's just like nodding kindly nodding kindly still Mm -hmm. thinking she's like at a like doing a real estate deal and then at the end she's like that's so sad (laughs) yeah it's so like the Sarah, I, I keep I saying the I wife, the but it's truly because, like, who is she? Yeah. Um, yeah, she gets no. Did you stop recording? No, I didn't. I just gasped oh, okay. because I remembered that she's the actress was 27 at the time of filming. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. She was 27. Was that means that she would have had her daughter, who we know is 13. Yeah. Yeah, and like obviously there's nothing wrong with teen pregnancies, but when it's about a big age gap in a movie between the leading man and the leading actress, that shit is so annoying. The same thing happens in Poltergeist. Um, The mom at one point, it's established the oldest daughter in Poltergeist is 16, and then somebody asks the mom, like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 32, or I'm 31. And I'm like, well, if you're 31... Then you had your kid when you were 14. And, like, that's all I can think about now. So my kid... Well, it's like... But it's also, like, Eddie Murphy was, like... It, what was he? In his mid-30s? He's 44. 
So he okay. So he was like thirty something. Ugh. <laughs> Like, just with a 14 year old? Hire an older actress to be a mom. It's like when Jennifer Lawrence kept playing moms when she was like yeah. le- old, younger than us. Yeah. That the let women over 30 exist. Yeah. That's what some one thing that I love about Hocus Pocus is that. Yes. Yes. Age appropriate parents. Yes. Especially. And age appropriate female leads. Yeah. We'll get, well, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. This movie <laughs> uh, had the first swear air on a Disney channel, and the swear is big ass termites. <laughs> I feel like they gave Eddie Murphy one swear. They were like, you can fit it in anywhere you want. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I do have to say that, I mean, it's a shame that the kids weren't given more to do i guess because i do thought they had good chemistry together like they were very good like brother and sister yeah. i thought like the few moments that they did have together i was like oh like the one where like uh they first are encountered with uh elizabeth's glowing orb oh, yeah. and they follow her into the elevator i thought that whole part was very cute and i like they're it. definitely cute they're definitely cute and yeah and it was like funny yeah. too that part. Yeah, but they're funny. Um, <laughs> honestly, do you want to like wrap this up with some Christian reviews? Um, I'll read. I'll read the first one that we have in here. How about? Okay, so this is a okay. one star review from a Christian website called ChristianAnswers.net. <laughs> I went to this movie expecting a lighthearted comedy. When instead, I found a rather scary and evil feeling film. The presence of ghosts isn't what bothered me. The power that the but- evil butler exerts over the wife and others is what I found disturbing. These evil spirits have quite a bit of power and the quote unquote good guys seem, why did they put good in quotes, seem weak and helpless throughout much of the movie. The butler lures the family into the mansion with the prom- the purpose of using the wife who looks like the dead fiance to set his master free by marrying her to this him. But he needs to kill her first. The quote unquote good character is a talking head and a crystal ball. If I remember right, the movie ends on a quote good note when the woman slash wife is possessed i suppose at the very end the existence and power of god are somewhat acknowledged on the whole though this movie is <laughs> seemed inspired by evil too much evil <laughs> spiritual power for my taste i'm not laughing at this christian but i am and that was written by a 24 year old boy a man okay so here's the second review by sue age 39 <laughs> My husband and I took our 13-year-old son and six of his buddies to see the Haunted Mansion as part of his birthday party. We expected it to be scary, quote, Disney style, unquote, but thought that 13 would be age appropriate. The Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World has always been one of our favorites and thought the movie would follow that sort of theme, startling and spooky, but in a family-oriented kind of way. Up until the ending, it seemed to do just that, except for the tarot cards pass a off benignly in the beginning of the movie movie definitely noticed by us but not so much by the boys the turn from harmless spookiness to the demonic comes at the ending where hell quote opens up and clearly a hideous dragon face appears in the flames and swallows up the main wicked character almost expecting cheers from the audience as it frees all the other souls to now ascend into heaven I felt very uncomfortable, and even more so because I had brought children, adolescents and preteens, to this Disney film. <gasps> Leaves us wondering, who exactly are Disney films designed for these days anyway? I love to picture Sue, age 39, at this movie with her son and all his friends and her husband, and tarot cards are pulled out, and 
the husband and Sue just like whip around to look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh no. I can, I can like pick, I can like imagine her seething. Yeah. Like quietly seething. Seething. And just like becoming so like mm-hmm. a Karen. Like a Karen. I went to, um, I went to see the first Harry Potter movie in theaters with my friend Jade who had not read the books and we went with her whole family and on the car ride home, the dad was like freaking out. And he said like, I just don't think kids should learn about magic or witchcraft. He's like, what if they think it's real? What if Brad, her brother was named Brad. She's like, what if Brad jumps out the window with a broomstick? <laughs> oh my God. What? That's a, like a literal Harry Potter? from him. And what did he think it was going to be about? Oh, no. <laughs> what did any of these people think that these movies were going to be about? My, like, cousins weren't allowed to read Harry Potter or see the movies. Also weren't allowed to watch That's So Raven because she was <gasps> a psychic. A shame. Yeah. I mean, I feel good. like there are psychics in the Bible. Um, <laughs> they're called prophets. <laughs> Mackenzie, what are your final thoughts and ratings of The Haunted Mansion? 2003 um you know i think this movie is overall underrated um it because like i haven't watched it since i was a kid i feel like it um could easily be like on 31 days of halloween with some of the other movies that are on there you know it has it it does haunted house very well i feel like like the house is very cool um and you know the effects are bad but set good so (laughs) you know i guess i would give this like a four um so a three with love love for eddie murphy happy to see his career is kind of taken off again with some recent roles uh and you know this is still a fun movie i will still watch any movie about spooky stuff like this you know my threshold is very low very Mm -hmm. very low but now let's jump into our next movie which i think will have a little bit more nice things to say Mm -hmm. perhaps yeah um Mm -hmm. you know it we know Mm -hmm. it it's hocus pocus 1993 year of my birth (laughs) which is crazy to think about max dennison is too cool for halloween Recently transplanted from California to Salem, Massachusetts, Max doesn't understand the big deal around the legend of the Sanderson sisters, three witches who once terrorized the town. While begrudgingly chaperoning, or chaperoning, (laughs) while begrudgingly chaperoning his younger sister Danny on Halloween, Max inadvertently summons the Sanderson sisters back to life. Max and Danny must race to defeat the sisters by sunrise, lest they suck the souls out of children in the town. The siblings are joined by Allison, a crushworthy local who knows the town's history in and out, and Thackeray Binks, a 17th century boy turned cat who has tangled with the Sandersons before. And then I wrote something I think someone says in the movie, which is three ancient hags versus the 20th century. <laughs> That's a good tagline. You know, when we were doing our intros, I thought of the scene where Max is like on the speaker system in the high school, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm Boris Karloff Jr. and you. Doo, 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 yeah. You know. Oh my God, that part was actually scary. I was yeah, scared a of Max. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Max's charms never affect. I've never been charmed by Max in this movie. I don't not even that, as a teen. You know, I don't think I have either. Really, no hate to Omri Katz who played Max, but just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Did not have a crush on him. Had a crush on Thackeray the cat. Of course, before yes. I had a crush on. Max the boy. 
that voice. <laughs> that voice. Um, this movie is directed by Kenny Ortega, who would later bring the masterpiece High School Musical to the public. So he was just warming up. God bless. Um, <laughs> you can tell he's like, there's something there to, you know, teens and singing. Um, I feel like this movie is perfectly calibrated probably for us to feel nostalgic over. And in reading some critical reviews of this movie, I felt frustrated because I was like, you're clearly not the target audience for this movie. You mm-hmm. know, like Roger Ebert was very critical of this movie, like super critical of this movie. And I was kind of like, this meet this movie where it is, you know, like mm-hmm. meet this movie where it is. It's like a, a cheap movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun. It's cute. I think like it has a genuinely funny moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like, come on, Roger, lighten up. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, the witches are too loud. <laughs> that was yeah. a main grape. <laughs> yeah. And he said, let me, let me find this. Let me find this. He said something like, uh, Oh, um, he says he critiqued Bette Midler's performance and says that she tries to use noises as a substitute for acting. And I was like, Roger, that's camp. She is doing mm-hmm. a camp performance as mm-hmm. the witch. Like these are cartoonish characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie is a success to me because all three actresses, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy, uh, Najimi, uh, are like committed to being yeah. these kooky characters. It's crazy how well they all work off each other and together, yeah. too, because they all, like, for, just for the way they even, like, move, they all, like, sway together. Or yes. it's almost like dancing, like, because they're all very just, physical. like, in sync. Yeah. And, like, it, it they are, they're very physical performances, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, yeah, Bette Midler's going to enunciate some weird stuff, Roger. I also, (laughs) I was thinking, I was looking at like her character design and she has these bleached eyebrows and clearly a buck teeth, buck teeth, like fake buck teeth, maybe, or maybe Bette Midler. I haven't looked at Bette Midler in a while. I think they're fake. Yeah, they must be. Maybe they're fake, but she makes this face so often in the film that I encourage you to like you, the listener to like look up this face and try to make it in the mirror (laughs) where she has her teeth sticking out, her eyebrows raised, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bridget's doing it right now. <laughs> like, damn, that is hard to do with your face. And like, she did this for like the whole movie. Yeah, she's so good. <laughs> I wonder if there was like it. I mean, it seems very tiring, but I wonder if she had like tape, uh, like a on her lip that like curled it up. Yeah, she is a she is a maestro over her body. <laughs> yeah. <I think. laughs> And um, Sarah Jessica Parker is also great as the youngest sister, Sarah, who has, like, in one IMDb comment I read, like, weirdly sexy vibes, a man wrote. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's weird because she is, like, trying to have sex with, like, under, like, Max, an underage boy the entire time. She's just very inappropriate. She is very inappropriate, but I love her in this role, too. I like that she has, like, a, like, a dirty sexy vibe. You know, like, and that she, yeah. like, looks kind of bedraggled. Um, not in the other sense of dirty. And um, Kathy Najimi is Mary, the middle sister, who mostly gets fat jokes written for her. And she's, like, the stupid one who sniffs out children because she's, like, the fat one, you know. And I, don't, I don't think she's the stupid one. I think... They're all Sarah Jessica I mean, Parker is like the mm-hmm. dumb one because she's like she's blonde. Well, and she's like 
like literally just doesn't pay attention to anything. Okay. I feel mm-hmm. like Mary is like she is like the most emotionally aware. I feel like she mm-hmm. when they're all freaking mm-hmm. out, she's like, "Let's have a calming circle or whatever," and yeah. she's also like. Uh, taking care of Winnie at the end, sort of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are too many fat jokes. And 100%. At the end, mm-hmm. when they all have to pick out their substitute broom devices, she gets the vacuum. And I feel like it's not fair. It's not fair at all. And I texted Ken's while we were watching this, like a picture of the actress, Kathy Najimi, who is gorgeous. I was like, they try to make this one the ugly one, you know, or like the, you know, like they try mm-hmm. to pretend she's not the hottest one because mm-hmm. she's so hot. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it also does some crazy face acting too. She has her face like scrunched up in a funny way throughout most yeah, of the film. Yeah, it's like divine kind of mm-hmm. where her, her like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's that? That's a good um, point. What's that? Um, cry, cry, the movie Cry, cry Baby. Yeah. 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 That's a really good comparison. Um, Apparently, this movie was one, like, in before they edited it, there was more of the witches and less of the kids, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids, so the cast of kids is Max. Thora Birch appears as Danny. She's delightful. She's mm-hmm. so cute and fun in this mm-hmm. movie. And then an actress named Vanessa Shaw, who plays Allison, the pretty girl Max has a crush on. And they are the same age. <laughs> Max and Vanessa, or Max and Allison, but you would not know it. From looking at, them. I feel like that's also pretty accurate to real life, though. That's true. You know, that's true. girls just—they hit puberty in a different way. Yeah, not trying to sexualize we, girls, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but we were like, this girl has to be older. Like, it's just just weird casting because yeah. she does look so much older than him, um, yeah. and like out of his league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Thackeray Binks is played by some kid named Sean Murray, but who voice? becomes the guy in NCIS. Do you know, have you watched NCIS? No. Is he, he is he attractive? No. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some people think he is. Yeah. But, oh, um, very, very diplomatic. He is like one of the main people anyway. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So he has a career beyond this. I yeah. don't think Omri Katz did at all. No, not at all. And Thora Birch really does not work at work at all. Uh, anymore oh, okay i looked up sean murray yeah he's sweet looking good for him good for him yeah <laughs> i mean nice. he like got that one job in ncis and he was like this he's is like, it my paycheck is here yeah <laughs> just locked Ooh. in yeah and the thackeray binks in the movie is played by a combination of animatronic cats and real cats and something i really like about this movie is clear like there's obviously like some special effects that are like perhaps computer generated, but a lot of them yes. are practical, you know, like they're in a harness when they're flying. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I really liked is when Max lights the candle that summons the witches, the lights appear under the floorboards, like green lights. And it's just mm-hmm. like really simple stuff that mm-hmm. I think would be good for like, especially a very like junior cast to interact with, like that they have yeah. like an animatronic cat or. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And I think like the haunted mansion could have benefited from more practical practical. effects for Mm -hmm. sure like the cgi was just as i mean i guess maybe for hocus pocus i feel like maybe maybe the cgi was like updated or something because it seemed better than it should have for 1993 like yeah the cat 
the cat looked pretty like good, I guess. But for a talking like, cat, it would never look normal, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's always gonna look like uncanny. Yes, but it looked like pretty good. But the CGI in Haunted Mansion was so bad. It was like they could have been both made in 1993. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Oh, so I have to talk about what I know about cat stunts. Oh, I yes, this- please do. I was very curious about this. <laughs> I read this article, an oral history on this episode of The Office, that was like the highest, most watched episode live of The Office because it was on after a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an episode where the cold open is Dwight like forces a fire drill on everybody and causes like utter like panic, but it's like Mm -hmm. done in like one shot and all these like different stunts happen. Mm -hmm. And Meredith in one scene, like drags a cat out of her desk and throws the cat up into the ceiling for Oscar to grab. Mm -hmm. And I read this oral history about like how they spent forever trying to figure out this stunt with the cats. Mm -hmm. And they first tried to do it with a stuffed animal and it didn't look real. So they got cat stunt actors but apparently a cat can only do a stunt like a few times Mm -hmm. because and then it'll get too scared and never want to do the stunt again so you have to have like multiple cats and if it gets too scared it's like career is over as a cat actor um so the the producers at the oscars were like well we want to be able to like practice a lot with this cat so uh how much would it be for us to be like just buy this cat out for the rest of its career you know to like just be like it's going to retire after this stunt because we okay are going to pay so much for it. i don't know i thought that was kind of crazy that like cats can only do like a thing a couple of times and then they're like no more <laughs> also that's like a violent stunt like yeah I it is a like violent stunt it, they should have just spent that money to get a a better looking stuffed animal i know it's so weird they could have there are some good ones yeah i mean thackeray banks looks pretty good in this movie yeah so anyway that's what i know about cat stunts um (laughs) yeah but uh, another effect in this movie is the zombie lover of winifred billy butcherson who's played by doug jones who is like the creature guy in hollywood He's been in The Shape of Water. He was Pan in Pan's Labyrinth. He works with Guillermo del Toro a lot. He was in What We Do in the Shadows as one of the ancient vampires. He is in Buffy, like, all the time as creatures. I love Um, that. (laughs) Yeah, he's just, like, the creature guy around town. Um, And Kenny Ortega apparently wanted Billy to be, like, a sexy zombie. And Doug Jones has said that many fans still tell him that Billy was their first movie crush. And like, I was a weird kid. Not, I was not that particular flavor of weird. So I support those kids who felt that way, but I did not see it. I, yeah. I mean, I was the weird one that had the crush on the cat and not. Yeah, I know that was, that was us. Yeah. (laughs) Good to know that there was a different audience for this movie that was more into Billy Butcherson. It adds a new shade of complexity (laughs) to this film. I think so. As both being Banks people. You know, yeah, it's good. To- <laughs> it's like when you had a crush on, you know, like Simba. You know, it's a normal yeah. thing for a teen development. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. <laughs> um, and speaking of teen development, I can like access a memory of watching this, and when they get to the part where Max lights the candle, and his sister's like, "You're a virgin," and he's like embarrassed about it. I remember being like, "What is a virgin?" and like feeling like deeply sad for him and also like it can never be changed <laughs> like it like it was a fixed identity like oh, he yeah, is yeah, a yeah. virgin you know like, yeah like he is a redhead uh <laughs> it will never be able to be changed 
Oh, you were so... I was like, that's so sad. They shouldn't make fun of him for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is fucked up that all these adults make fun of him, too, for being a virgin in this movie. Yeah, you're and, right. And children. Yeah. Like, Did Bakery people still is like do that? virgin. High schoolers, right in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're older, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell us. Are you still ridiculed? <laughs> I know. I just thought that was so weird. Um, um, my favorite scene in this movie is when the witches think that they're... <laughs> think that they've met the devil and it's uh gary marshall dressed up as the devil and he invites them into his house Mm -hmm. uh and my favorite line from that sequence is he's inviting them into their house and he's like come on in i'll introduce you to the little woman meaning his wife Mm -hmm. and bet midler whispers to his her sisters he has a little woman (laughs) (laughs) i love that scene too it's so like it's part of what I think makes it so like nostalgic, I guess, because it's what it's a, I guess it's one of the rare movies that like actually captures the feeling of Halloween, which is like so trick or treating so oriented. And there's a lot of like trick or treating in this movie, which, yeah. I, you know, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like another reason that this movie is so successful. Like, it is triggering all those, like, nostalgic points for us, uh, our generation, I guess. Um, But it's also, like, unlike the Haunted Mansion, like, pure fantasy fulfillment. Like, Mm -hmm. magic is real. You get a girlfriend. You go on an adventure. Your parents aren't around. You, like, spend all night cuddling with your new hot girlfriend. Uh, (laughs) You're trick-or-treating. Like, you have a talking cat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I think that's probably another reason. Yeah, I totally agree. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. It does capture the trick-or-treat night feeling where Mm -hmm. it's, like, a weird mix of, like, adults and kids Mm -hmm. all out at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Something we should probably touch upon... Uh, that I didn't put in the notes is uh, that there's like some weird brother sister stuff in this movie. <laughs> it's just like a little weird. It's just a little. It's like very. It's a very paternalistic view of brother sister relationships, where like the brother takes care of the sister, and it, it's his duty. It, yeah, and it's like a maybe this is just like the house I was raised in, but it's they kiss a lot. I guess, and I'm not. It's weird. That's weird to me. I guess not a lot. Maybe it was only once, but it was still too much. It's like, whoa, kids at that age like are not. You know, like you're like, ugh, my brother. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just a little weird. It was a little like, oh, and then like Thackeray walks off into heaven with his sister at the end. It was very like daddy daughter dance. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That's the good vibe. way, yeah, good way of describing it for sure. Yeah, that's the vibe. Um, so also Hocus Pocus was like a critical and commercial failure when it first came out. They released it in July, which is so funny and weird. They um, did that. Wait, th- this movie was released in July and Haunted Mansion oh. was released at Thanksgiving. What the fuck oh, are these people doing? <laughs> what kind of movies are you releasing in October? Yeah. <laughs> Clear the schedule. Um, but it's had a huge resurgence thanks to Disney Channel and Freeform slash ABC Family. They, it's like they're best thing to play in october now i can't it's think like of on every movie. it's like on every single night 
Yeah. And their, th- their 13 nights of Halloween, it like racks up the views. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, it was a couple years ago on 19 times during the month of October. And the, there's a quote in this article on Vulture about the movies, pop culture endurance, where the president of Freeform, Ted Ashim says, He's talking about why the movie resonates. And he says, there's something about strong women who have power, which resonates for lots of people, both men and women. I was like, I don't know if that's why people like this movie. (laughs) I know. I saw that too and was like, sounds like a very, like, I'm a politician trying to describe something. Yeah. Or like trying to capitalize on like feminism. Feminism. But it's like... The Sanderson sisters aren't like, I mean, they have magic powers, but they're not like, you don't want to be them. <laughs> I know. I know. And I was like, I guess I agree with you because I like, I love a female villain. That's fun. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Such a weird, like out of touch thing to say. Kind yeah. Of. They're girl bosses. They suck the life out of kids. Yeah. <laughs> but they're powerful women. <laughs> Um, do you want to jump into one star reviews or do we have anything else to talk about? Do you want to talk at all about the, um, well, my favorite part of the movie was when they're at the dance party, the parents dance party and the, uh, Bette Midler has like a great song number. Showstopper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put a spell on you, and it's very good and fun, but my favorite part of this scene is when the mom is talking about her Madonna costume, and she's, like, like happy about it, and then she's shy about it. Yeah. And she's, like, insecure in it. I just loved it. I thought it was so cute, and it was, like, a quick little moment, but it was, like, awesome. It was so well acted. Yes, it was, like, perfect. Perfect mom stuff, and the costume designer made the Madonna costume by hand. Yeah. Because like, they wanted it to look like the mom made it, which I thought was cute. Yeah. She said she, like, because she spent all her budget on the sisters, and then she, like, mm. looks at the Madonna costume now and is embarrassed. But the actor who played the mom is like, no, I love it. Like, it's such a perfect Halloween it's costume. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. And that parent party that they crash, it looks so much fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's all I want. The dream. <laughs> Adult Halloween, yes. where people have a budget to get a good costume, Ugh. and people take it seriously and they dress up. Oh god! And like, the- like, yes, oh, I want it. You know, I do appreciate like the funny costume or the like cultural, re- culturally yeah. relevant costume, but I also appreciate a good Dracula costume, like, yeah, or yeah. a good Just sea like monster, yeah. co- like yeah. you know. Like, be a witch. Whatever. Yeah, I know. Like, I like the classics. We need more of the classics. It's not boring. I I totally agree. It's solid. Like, I saw a list of pop culture costumes to do this year, and, like, RBJ was on it. And I was like, meh, you know, know, like, it's Halloween. It's about scary stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately. Like, have fun. Have fun. Is it fun to be a Supreme Court justice? No. If you could do dead RBG. That might be cute. (gasps) Scary. Like a ghost one. (laughs) Ghost RBG. Is that, like, disrespectful? Ah, she might like it. She might like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to read the first one-star review. Um, Loser virgin, yes, he tells everyone this, and is used in the plot. From L.A. moves to Salem to show off his Zippo tricks to hot local chick that must be blind. I mean... 
Max is kind of lame. Like, yeah, he is lame, and he's a real stick in the mud. He really does like do Zippo tricks, <laughs> like with his lighter to try and impress people. It's too yeah, much. He, he wields it a like lot. Halloween. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't like, like Halloween. Halloween. He's like it was invented by the candy companies. Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget had a great point that his personality was invented by the mall. So yeah, <laughs> a, a, a slam dunk on a sixteen-year-old from twenty-seven years ago, <laughs> who's like famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second one-star review is highly offensive film that exploits witch stereotypes in the worst possible ways. I wonder if Sarica, Sarica, <laughs> honestly. Did I just invent I a new like name it. for like people that name their <laughs> yeah. kids like whatever? Kay Linica. Yeah. Um, if Sarica, if Sarica, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, well, I have two names. Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker is proud of making this film. She should be ashamed. I don't think she should be ashamed, but. The, it is weird that she's into like kids in this movie. That's not yeah. okay. Yeah, that's not okay. Come on. <laughs> I was thinking while watching this, I wish someone would recut like a trailer for Hocus Pocus in the style of The Witch, where it's mm. like super like it like shots from The Witch, where it's like the like violins <laughs> yeah. looking into the woods and it's, it's like <laughs> Bette Midler. <laughs> uh, the last one star review is no one should ever watch this film despite some of the comments posted on IMDb because it blends quite frightening themes of child abduction, cannibalism, Satanism, and necromancy into a story basically about teenage kids. Not found on ChristianAnswers.net, but <laughs> this person should start posting over there too. Yeah. What's your final thoughts and rating? My final thoughts is I enjoy watching this every year. I... I think it's just good. I just enjoy it. And I probably have more nostalgia for it than I do for the Haunted Mansion. So that's certainly affecting my view of the movie. But I'm going to give this a six with love. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't think I watched this movie as a kid. I think it was a little later that I saw it. Um, But I do really like it. I think that I always want it to do more for me than it actually ends up doing yeah um but that's just because i want i wish i could like actually recapture the feeling of halloween as a kid which was like uh, it's impossible so um but i'll I'll give this movie a five it's a classic that's nice and fair It would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Our next episode will air on October 19th and we'll be discussing two horror anthologies, Tales from the Hood and VHS. Chick Flicks is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grief Carlson for our music and thank you for listening to Chick Flicks. Cowabunga. <laughs> my max sign off. <laughs>